Hey, it's Keith. Oh, hi. Howdy. I know I'm a, a day early. Are you busy? I'm watching a thing on TV, but I can... Yeah, because I mean, well, obviously this isn't like particularly important or anything, but yeah, I think I'm going to be busy tomorrow, so I thought I'd give you a ring and see if you were around today. Yeah, I'm watching this thing called The Jewel in the Crown. It's about Italy. I Italy. India. India after, uh, well, this is during World War II, and after is when India gains independence. Uh, I mean, I'll be near the phone for a bit. I'm just at the mall. I can call you back when it's over if you want. Oh, well, it wouldn't be until 6 o'clock. Well, that's an hour. Yeah, so I mean, it's up be there to... that long? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just here anyway. It's no big deal. Okay, call me, call me at, call me at quarter to quarter two because this is MPBN. So. Oh, so there's extra time. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I'll call you back. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. Hello. Howdy. Seemed to have had a little bit of dead space there. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, when I first said hello, I said hello about three times. Oh, really? Yeah, no, that was weird. I did only heard you the last time say so maybe it takes a sec for it to connect. I don't know. I'm at a different phone than usual, so. But, uh, so how was your show? <laughs> Let's December. Oh, it's a show, uh, it's a serial. It's, I, started, I started watching that about 15 years ago, and I never saw the whole thing. So it's, it's running again. So I thought, you know what? I must try to see if I can catch it. Is it like a I Claudia style like show show or something is it like that? Yeah, but it's uh, it was very hard to follow. It's it's quite hard to follow this time around too because they keep doing little flashbacks. But I'm able to kind of pick up on it a little better this time. Yeah, that is I one thing. I must have too many distractions 15 years ago. Right. Well, that's one thing that's kind of nice with like you know Netflix and stuff nowadays is you know you can just watch shows kind of on demand or whatever. You don't have to. Uh, you know, like fight your way through a TV schedule and not miss stuff and whatever? Well, this is one that I, I never thought, when I watched it the first time, I found it, uh, found it disjointed. Um, and I, I thought, well, you know what, if I never get to see it again, I won't care. But then when it came around again, I said, you know, I must try to see if I can follow it. Um, and actually, I thought it covered in the, I thought it covered about a, I don't know, a 10 or 15 year span in history, but it doesn't. It's only like, I, I told you it was during the war. Well, it's only like 1943 now in this thing, and we're into episode five. Right. So, uh, and I thought it went right up to um, when uh, India gained independence, which was 1948. Uh, but God, they're not even close to that. They keep talking about what's going on in, in India. There's a whole lot of rioting and uh, you know dissatisfaction with the, the natives. Um, and they, they mentioned Gandhi quite a lot in it, but um, they got a long ways to go to 1948 if in five episodes they're only up to 1943. Man, I just... And it uh, started in 1942, so really in that time frame, we really only covered a year. But I thought, God, I was expecting like... You know, I expected it to be in the early 1950s by now. I just read a thing about Gandhi the other day, and, uh, and I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing myself through my own little thing. Here we go. Um, man, uh, and obviously Gandhi did a whole bunch of great stuff, and I don't mean to disparage him or whatever, but man, did you hear about what happened with his wife? Where she was, had some kind of sickness, and he was like, no, no, she doesn't need medicine. We don't believe in that. You know, we don't go in for Western medicine. And she died. And then he got the same thing. So everyone was like, well, we assume you don't want medicine. And he's like, no, give me medicine. <laughs> oh, I hadn't seen that because... Yeah, I mean, I don't think Gandhi that's... It's not well reported, but, you know. Yeah, well, uh, the movie Gandhi, I don't remember... 
that being in the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that... That had been uh, Kinsley in a Kingslayer. Sure, yeah, I saw it in school, but I think, yeah, just, uh, you know, I mean, history's obviously always uh, just written by, you know, with, with a slant. So, I mean, I don't think they wanted to mar their movie about Gandhi with that, but that is what happened. I mean, it's not like he's necessarily so terrible, really. It is his weird beliefs and stuff. It's just funny that, you know, he wasn't willing to take the same bullet, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'll have to kind of look into that and see if that's what, if that's what happened. Because that was a whole time when they were trying to really promote their own, well, as, it, as all of these places do, like their own culture. And it, they were so Britainized. That, and that's what this show is all about, like all oh, this naughty classism and things where the, the, the British were still running India. Um, and, and they were... They had their own caste system themselves, where they put their they, they put their own people down. But God, the the, the way that the Brits treated them was just yeah, they just not up to you know top draw and you know, all that crap. In some ways, too, it was I mean, really more of a study of that and the breakdown of of uh, British relationships in India, which eventually would have led to independence in 1948. It's kind of nice. They had characters, all these people that are uh, you know that you follow their their lives. That's something I wonder, too, about, uh, you know, like these um, portrayals of people in history and how accurate they really are. Because, you know, we, 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 we always have so much distance between stuff. So, uh, did you ever see that movie, The Social Network? Uh, it's about the guy who... I might have seen it and just don't recognize it by name. It's about the guy who made Facebook. So it's like an extremely recent thing like that, like it's a no, biography. I haven't seen that, but I have seen the ads for that. It was surprisingly good because, I mean, it sounds so, so boring, right? Like some nerd who made Facebook. But, uh, but what's interesting about it is it's one of those types of things, right? Like it's a biopic about a guy who had this big historical influence, except it's only being made a few years after the fact. But already, like the reason why it's such a good movie is that the facts are correct, but it's still just like totally overblown and made into a movie. And uh, apparently the guy, his name is Mark Zuckerberg, when he saw it, he just laughed and laughed. He's like, this is ridiculous. Like, technically, this is my life, but you know, this is a movie. This is not at all what it was really like. And I assume it's like that for everyone in history, you know? Like we oh, just- I, I suspect so. And of course they have to dramatize all this stuff. Yeah. And they oftentimes will take things that were attributed to other people and attribute it to the famous person, you know, to give it a little more meat, a little more substance. Because most people's lives on a day-to-day basis are not that exciting. No. And it's almost not so bad. I mean, it's obviously, like, a shame that Gandhi's wife died because she didn't get medicine. But in a way, it's not so bad to, to hear those sides of the story that no one ever tells you because it does humanize people, at least makes them more like a real person, like on a, a way smaller scale than Gandhi, but I saw a thing about um, Terry Fox a couple of years ago, and he was kind of a dick, <laughs> you know, he was kind of miserable, he's like, man, I'm trying to run across Canada, and I'm going to die soon, and like, why should I be happy all the time, and it kind of made me like him a little better, mm. actually. But when you think about it, yeah, that's how most people would react, of course, he was a young man, he was, what, 21, 22? Yeah, and I mean, and he'd been hit with the double freaking whammy. He first he'd had cancer as a kid, and he'd gotten over it, and then it came back again. I mean, he could have just sat around, sat around in bed and whined all the time, but instead he decided to, quote, increase awareness of cancer. I mean, that's a pretty big freaking thing. Well, who would expect the poor guy to have a smile on his face, especially when you're running on one leg, and you're, you know, running like... 
12, 15 hours a day, like. Yeah, apparently oh. too, it was, apparently it was really miserable. Like his, uh, his leg would bleed a lot where his, you know, prosthesis was attached. And, uh, and apparently just, I guess, because of a combination of not a lot of media attention and the language barrier, most of Quebec was just a wasteland. Like there was no media attention. There was no one waiting for him. There was no one caring. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until he got to Ontario. So that whole stretch of running across Quebec was just like, why am I even doing this? Yeah, you can, you can expect the guy to be a little down in the mouth about it. Yeah, like if he weren't, it would almost be weirder. I'd be like, well, who is this angel yeah, of a man? Yeah, he was really upbeat all the time. He was saying, what's the matter with him? Yeah. <laughs> is he not living in the real world? Does he not know what the end result of this is going to be? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's interesting to hear those multiple little sides of things. And back to the Gandhi thing. You know, it might have been, again, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that story, but it could have been, he, at the time she would have died, um, if he had real strong beliefs about how her treatment should be and that it shouldn't be at the hands of the Brits and the, you know, the guys that were in the power control of India at the time. Yet when he later is in that position, he was a big name. And I suppose he would be getting all this pressure from all these uh, supporters on his end who were saying, geez, if you die, you know, right, then who takes over? Who takes charge of all this? See, it would be a whole different thing for him than it would have been for her. As a woman in India, she would have been a second-class citizen, whether he felt that way or not. He may have felt that that uh, traditional Indian methods were the way for her cure. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Like that. Alive. Whereas, whereas a few years later, when he's he's uh, you know he's the front runner there, he's the, he's the man. He would be getting all this pressure from his supporters saying, you know what, if you die, then where are we, and where is Indian independence? So. It would be a whole different perspective. And he might say, hey, well, whatever. You know, sure, let's go for it. I guess, yeah, that's the thing, too, with holistic medicine is it's great till it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, you know, until the day that someone dies, you have no reason to believe it's not working, you know. Well, true, true enough. Yeah, he may have thought that she would she would survive. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, I really don't know his side that much of his thought process, but, yeah, it's not the same as a hunger strike. If you just die because you got sick, like, it's not, what does that even accomplish? Like, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about him. I literally read a comic book about him. <laughs> but, you know, I figure a comic book is better than nothing. Like, you know, it's a start. It's like, because that's I, I, what I kind of like about stuff like that is, uh, like, I'm just not going to pick up a 600-page book about Gandhi. It's never going to happen. But a 200-page comic that I can read in an afternoon it's obviously uh, skims the surface, but at least I read it, <laughs> you know? At least I know something. Yeah, I and mean, it's the same with, the, with that movie, which was extremely well done. Um, although ironically, the the uh, the head character is played was played by a British actor. Yeah. <laughs> and Kingsley. It's Here funny. he is playing the part of a of a of, a, of an Indian who was just downcast. Well, the whole race was downcast. <laughs> it's like, the same in throughout history, wherever you are, whether you're in the southern states and you're black people living on a plantation, where you need to be kind of kept down because they need you to support the uh the hierarchy that's in there it, it's up in that way forever and as far as yeah like actors and movies i just was watching an old john wayne movie uh, the searchers and uh, and the, the head indian guy is obviously italian <laughs> you know he's not he's not native american at all 
Oh, yeah, they didn't have Native Americans in that stuff until about the 1970s when you first started to see them show up as key. Even just playing Indian roles, they were always white guys with a bit of, you know, mud makeup on. Yeah, I guess, like, the ultimate example that always comes back to me is uh, Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, where he plays an Asian guy. Do you remember that? Yeah. Holy God, that was pretty bad. (laughs) That was, like, the other ones are just like, hey, whatever, it's film production. But that was, like, just, like, offensive. (laughs) It's like, really? And an otherwise quite respectable, fairly cool movie. And it's like, what is this doing in here? How did this happen? But I don't know, he's a funny, funny comedy guy. Let's put a big buck teeth in him and make him talk like a... Yeah, I don't know, that was weird. Man, though, that's another thing. It's interesting, I guess, just like with the internet, I think, is a big part of this, but it's a lot easier to uh, disseminate, like, more information about how the past really was than just, you know, having the one narrow avenue of movies and TV and stuff. But, uh, like, with the Old West, apparently there were tons of black cowboys. That wasn't even weird. But just because our view of the Old West is just John Ford movies, then, you know, we think that's not how it was. <laughs> like, uh, just that kind of surprised me. It's like, man, that's weird. Oh, yeah, there were a lot of black fellows who had signed up for the uh, Civil War when the war was over. They didn't have any place left in there, like in the, in the, in the eastern part of the country. So they went west, and there was the, yeah, there was a bit of prejudice going on over there, but there was nothing like what there was in the southern states. Once they got their freedom, like, where could they go? Right. You know, they, 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 they just couldn't work on the plantations anymore. If they went north, they weren't really accepted in the north, although the north always said that they fought for southern, for, for the freedom of the slaves. No, they didn't. That, that's not really what that was all about. Um, so, yeah, most of there was a whole whack of them went, went west. And and another it's only thing. been probably in the last, I would say the last 25 years that you've seen movies that have a whole, you know, they seem to show the black, black uh, presence out west. Yeah, it's like it's a slow thing, a slow change. Like, I feel like our Westerns are still basically like the old-style Westerns. There just aren't as many of them anymore. But uh, another thing that surprised me, but I guess it stands to reason, is that, like, just with yet, when you have that movie idea of the Old West, it seems like this infinite stretch of time. Like, who knows how long that went on for. But it only went on for, like, 30 years. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah it did. Which makes sense when you think about it, because... It's not like England was the Old West, you know? It's not like they didn't have the technology. It's just the only reason it was like these ranch houses and stuff was just because it hadn't been settled yet, and it was brand new territory. So obviously, I mean, it's not going to take them that long to get stuff, you know, up and going. And then by the time the 1900, like, like 1900, 1900, 1910, I mean, it's amazing the development that happened. You had power lines going, and you had the train. Yeah. The train was probably the first that opened up the West. And within 15, 20 years after that, there were power lines extending out into the west. Into the west. And then you had the automobile by 1910. Yeah, that was actually, uh, that's one thing that's neat too, is kind of learning stuff just even from entertainment, is uh, there's this video game called Red Dead Redemption that takes place in 1910 in the west, on the west coast. So it's like the tail end of cowboys and there are some cars and stuff. And then if you go watch that show Boardwalk Empire on HBO, it's 1920 on the East Coast. And it's, you know, like Atlantic City. So taking the West Coast from 1910 versus the East Coast 10 years later, it's like two different worlds. Like one of them is the Old West and the other one is basically modern. 
and it's like yeah. man that is that's cool that's crazy and I never really realized that till I played this video game and watched this TV show and it was like wow that's only 10 years apart that's so crazy you consider by 1915 skyscrapers were going up in New York right and by 1920 I think the Empire State Building was there by that time and any number of other <laughs> of other developments that had happened I just watched uh, it's a show it's a movie an old black and white movie called The Naked The Naked Jungle and it was made in New York in 1933 and um, it's basically it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solving a murder thing but they actually film it on the streets of New York and they narrate it like right. they commit something there's an airplane actually takes an aerial shot of New York in 1933 and like yeah if you think about that as, as the plane is coming in you can see all these docks that are along the waterfront skyscrapers galore I mean and that's 1933 so then you're talking only another 10 years beyond what you're talking about yeah I was always and yet New York was basically Staten Island was developed as to as to well not I mean obviously it's it's 10 times or 100 probably 100 times bigger now but in 1933, the basis for it, with these these big skyscrapers downtown and all, that was all that was there. The infrastructure was created. Yeah, it's surprising in some ways how little things have changed. Where like um, one of those Ayn Rand books, The Fountainhead, it takes place in the 20s. But as you're reading it, like I would just forget until somebody goes into a diner and you know gets a whole breakfast and a coffee for 10 cents <laughs> you know and i'm like oh yeah right like this isn't now but other than that like everyone's just driving around and going to movies and hanging out in their house like it's just normal like it is now i guess it's and getting that's what a lot of this movie from 1933 is like i mean there's cop cars driving around there's uh there's one scene where you do see a cart and a horse and the man is delivering milk but other than that, everything else is done by a vehicle. And vehicle. I mean, didn't the Hardings have uh, milk bottle delivery? I mean, it wasn't a cart and horse, but <laughs> you know, they still had milk man. Action. Yeah, they had milk, milk delivered to the door. <laughs> Yeah, one thing too that's funny, I guess the main thing that's changing now is computers. And it's kind of funny even to see how that was uh, pre like, what's the word? Like they kind of saw it coming a little, where um, there's this movie from 1995 called Event Horizon. And uh, I guess there's a couple, like Demolition Man and uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Like they walk around with these little tablets that they're looking at except back then you had to blue screen in some stuff or whatever like fake that it worked but that they were right everybody walks around with a little tablet now <laughs> like touching it and doing stuff and i'm like wow that's that's so weird that that used to be a special effect just imagining the beautiful magical future and now here we are 20 years later well if you go back to like the original star trek movies done in the late 1960s it's amazing when you look at those right how much this is like the people today walk with their little phone and they're Skyping and all that stuff. That's not all that much different than the little, the little handheld transistor things that they carried around. And yet that was 50 years ago. And that is one thing I love too, though, is the different uh, versions of the future. Like the 70s future from Logan's Run is all colorful and flowing robes and stuff. And then the 80s future from uh, like Blade Runner is this super horrifying, oppressive future. <laughs> and then and then I guess late 80s, early 90s, like Star Trek The Next Generation future is like a flying office building. Like I just love that they all had a different idea of what the future was going to be like. 
And I suppose you can only have so much of the down depression stuff. you got to come around. The, the pendulum's got to swing back and forth every once in a while. Yeah, like, what did that mean? That's weird now that I think about it, because the 80s is like, you know, go, go 80s, prosperity, everyone has shoulder pads, fucking businesses and <laughs> capitalism. But, man, their vision of the future has never been more bleak. Like, they had the bleakest vision. <laughs> like, that's really weird. I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder what that means. Maybe that meant that their time, the 80s, was the time. Right. Yeah, that this was is, it. That was the height. It's never going to get better than this. It's all going straight to hell. I guess though that makes sense because even like Blade Runner, it really reminded me a lot of Vancouver. And I guess LA is like this too, where it is like this big mixing pot. And it's like, uh, you know, it's, not, it's all just the world coming together. So I guess if you're America in the 80s, that's not a pleasant idea. Like you think that by integrating with the rest of the world, it's just going to bring you down. So maybe that's what they thought. Speaking of the west coast of Canada, I was speaking to Caroline, my sister Caroline, the other day. She now lives in Port Hardy. Where is that? It's like? the northern tip of Vancouver Island. Right. Well, they got flowers on their front lawn right now. Son disgusting. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. She said it was 11 above. Uh, but, and they've had just winter, just rain, which is understandable. I mean, if you're in Vancouver, that's what you have now. Right. Man, and that, in Victoria, you would too, but they're on the northern tip, so they're, they're a little bit up there. Man, that is gross, though, because like, I don't know how the weather's been there. I assume not great, but it has been a nightmare here. Oh, it's terrible here today. We've just had our great big blizzard, and the wind is blowing out there, and the driveways are all filled in, and the, you're walking along on the sidewalk. It's up to your up to your shoulders, the, the snow hills. Yeah, I guess here it's not that bad. You know, our snow, our uh, snow banks are probably up to two feet, two and a half now. But uh, but it's just so cold. Like yesterday, uh, that's why I'm at the mall today is because I got Brad's transit pass again. And uh, but just to walk from Joel's house to Brad's house, it's like a 20 minute walk, and I felt like I was gonna die. It was so cold. Like I had to stop in places. And then when I finally got back home, there's one of those LCD screens that tells you the temperature. And like on a bad day, it's minus 16, minus 17. It was minus 24 yesterday. Ooh, like, it's it's the worst day I can remember in Toronto. I'm sure there's been a worse one since I've been here, but I it's the worst one I can think of. Like so horrifying. Like just felt like my nose was gonna freeze off. Well, it's been cold here. It's just, uh, but it's it's more the amount of snow that we're getting. Like we got off pretty easy first first part of the year, and everybody was saying, oh yeah, it's gonna be one of those winters that it's not too bad. Well, damn it, it's just been coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. It's just as bad as last year when it was spread out, though, from November to the end. We're just getting it all in January and February. Right. It's sickening. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, things are a little rough in Toronto, but i got to say I really don't miss those uh, crazy extreme East Coast winters. (laughs) They were bad. That's one thing I didn't know about. um, I've been hanging out with a guy from Halifax a lot lately. We do a wrestling podcast. And I didn't realize this, but that Halifax is not as bad because of the ocean. But I guess that makes sense. Like we, we do- Yeah, it melts down quite a bit. Although they've been getting it pretty hard this winter because just about every storm that's come up from the States has shifted off. Like we've, we've gotten a bit of it, but most of it goes to the south. And uh, St. John has gotten it quite badly. And Halifax has gotten it quite bad. I wonder who... But it, it usually doesn't stay as long. You should have heard St. John whining. My God, they're whining terribly this year. Oh, yeah. They actually even declared a state of emergency. Damn. Because uh, they couldn't get the snow removed fast enough. <laughs> and you see pictures of it on TV, and it doesn't look like any more than we've got. But um, they obviously don't get it as bad because they, they uh, we have a, a no-parking ban um, that goes from midnight to 7. We've always had it. 
They've never had it. Oh, so, so they can't uh, plow? They can't clear the streets because uh, because uh, their cars are parked there. Well, this year they put in the parking ban. They said, oh, my God, put in a parking ban. Like, whoa. Well, <laughs> whatever. We do it all the time here. Yeah, it is amazing how much of it is just relative, right? Like, you just get used to it. You know, I wonder who has it the worst, though, because it seems like, you know, all the people I hang out with here, they're kind of from all about Canada. But it seems like me and Joel have the worst stories, and he's from Alberta. So I guess it's like either the Maritimes or, or the Plains <laughs> seem like the worst parts. Although Quebec doesn't seem great. I think Alberta, has, as far as cold is concerned, um, I think they've got it worse than we do. Because we have that temperature fluctuation, which is... Yeah, they just 20, get the, the deep freeze. It can be 20 degree change in just a couple of hours. So, and it's because we're close to the ocean. They don't, though. I, w- I went out to visit my brother Bill a few times there. And uh, the last time we rode it was the 1st of November. And my God, it was cold. Like, you just step out in his yard and your fingers would start getting that numb feeling. Right. Um, and then he'd, but he'd be roaming around, and he and, he and his crew out there in, in lightweight jackets. And we'd say, geez, like, <laughs> we're freezing out here. And oh, no, no, like it's 35 below out there, but... You know, it's a dry, dry temperature, but when it gets, when it sets in, it stays there. Um, I, I found it a, a much more bitter cold than here. Did I ever tell you the story? That damp cold goes right to your bones. Yeah, we have that wetness. Yeah, that's really bad. Did I ever if tell you this? If you enough clothes, you'll be warm enough, as long as you don't get wet. Yeah, I pretty much have, like, yeah, just thermal shirt. That's what I came to the mall for today, to buy some more thermal shirts, because <laughs> my basement apartment's so cold. But did I ever tell you the story, uh, as this is how the story goes anyway, was that um, Matt and Dave's friend uh, Kenneth, when he was in the Northwest Territories for a winter, supposedly he went to somebody's house and he was wearing, like, a windbreaker jacket, and he was just holding himself as stiff as he could just to not move to just try to get through this cold and get to the guy's house and then when he reached up to uh, open the guy's door the the sleeve of his jacket like broke <laughs> like broke oh off supposedly i don't know if that's even really possible you know what but... yes it could be if it was one of those nylon jackets <laughs> right because that yeah nylon just bristles right up and gets very brittle in the cold <laughs> yeah i could see that that's when you know you're living somewhere like you're not supposed to be like because they would always go up there for that gold mining stuff in the summer and that was the one winter that they were like well let's just stay for the winter so there was that story and the other one was they had this tiny little gap underneath their front door and the snow and the snowstorm was so bad outside one day that they had like a you know a foot high snow drift in their house <laughs> the next day from this little hole under the under the door so yeah don't don't live there basically yeah if i was going to go up north and i wouldn't mind going up um it would definitely be a summer trip. It wouldn't interest me at all to go up there in the wintertime. Yeah. yeah, I always am amazed by it. I always mean to look up more about it, but just like like Eskimo culture and just that, you know, uh, you can live in an igloo. Like, how do you... It's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I'm really interested in, like, Native Americans in general, but, man, the Eskimo lifestyle is, like, that times 100. It's just so insane. Well, it's like when animals go to ground and dig their little dens underground. That's basically the same thing that the that the, Indi- that the natives, the Eskimos, did when they built their igloos. Yeah. They weren't underground because it was frozen. But by creating this small, small little enclosed space that they would heat with their wheel oil or whatever, um, you were you were heating just a small place. So yeah, you it would be warm, and actually that ice would melt inside. It would be so warm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's basically I mean, like an animal going to ground. 
and building dens in the winter. Those are the two things that always impress me the most when I think about the human race is like, yeah, we've gone to space and we've done all this shit and that's cool, I guess. But, but really to me, it's, it's being able to survive in the Arctic. That's just nuts. Like if someone can figure that out, then we can survive anywhere. And the other one is crossing like the Atlantic without really knowing if you were ever going to get to the other side. Yeah, because like, to me, that's way more impressive than going to the moon because everybody knew the moon was there and they did all the science and they figured it all out. It's not like getting on a boat and just crossing your fingers, you know? Like, you have to be insane to do that. And especially when everybody was telling you that the Earth was flat and you were just going to go to the edge and fall off. Yeah. (laughs) Some deep, dark abyss somewhere. And there must have been times when they were out there crossing that they must have felt that. You get some of those great big friggin' storms coming at you. Your boat is rocking from side to side and all your gear's going overboard. You must have felt like this was the end of the world. Yeah. This is the edge. Yeah, like really there's no there's no adventure like that anymore. It's just not and possible. And we finally did see land ho. Holy. Can you imagine what kind of a lift that would give you? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's such an interesting thing, too, where, I mean, it seems like there's so many things about, like, Native American society that just made so much more sense to me and seemed to fit way more with our physiology and how we really are. But when these people show up with boats and guns and stuff, like, what, what can you do? Like, you're done. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, that kind of, like, uh, gap in technology, that's, like, crazy. Like, that... Yeah, I don't know. It's just that it's like someone coming from another planet. It's like if aliens showed up here and were just exactly. way yes, advanced exactly. to us. Yeah. And you know what? They would have looked like aliens too. Yeah. Because although they had a human type features, like their color and everything would have been off. Like who were these pale faced things that and the way they dressed, they wouldn't have dressed like the native Indians and yet they and they had these weapons. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like guys coming from outer space, you're right. Yeah, because that's like, uh, I remember, I think it's Stephen Hawking, he uh, he was talking about that. He's like, there is, you know, he's basically just talking about the universe, and he's like, there obviously is other stuff out there. I mean, the universe is so big, it's, uh, there's no way there couldn't be. But the chances of of us seeing them in our lifetime is super small, and even if we did, like... Like, it's never going to work. <laughs> you know, it's like never going to work. There's just no way we're going to integrate because it's going to be so different. Well, you just got to look at all those old black and white space movies from the 50s. Yeah. You know, you know that. Yeah, there was one, I can't remember what it was called, Teenagers from Outer Space or something, anyway, that uh, I had kicking around. I think it was for Christmas one year, either you or Dad got me. It was just like a box set of like five weird old movies, you know, that you get at Walmart for three bucks or something but anyway one of them i remember had like the special effect was that these aliens would shoot you with their ray gun and then they just cut the film and then started filming again with a skeleton (laughs) where the person used to be (laughs) and of course you know somebody would always nudge the camera a little or something so the whole thing would jitter a little and then you'd just be a skeleton there (laughs) that's one thing oh yeah there were a few of those (laughs) the 50s especially were very very big on just the space footage more yeah. so than the special effects. Whereas when you, by the time you got into the 1960s and the 1970s, uh, especially the 70s, special effects started overpowering the the basic message of these aliens and could we could we integrate with them or could we accept that there were beings from another source? And that was so. The 50s was more the message as opposed to 
what these creatures looked like because some of them were pretty uh, pretty bad. Right. <laughs> it's a shame too, like that that is all kind of a lost art now. Like you just, it's just not financially feasible anymore to do practical special effects, and it's too bad because I just like that stuff a lot better. I mean, computers sometimes is cool, but it just doesn't it doesn't seem impressive to me because you know you just write it on a piece of paper and then they can make it. There's nothing they can't make where they had to figure it all out back then, and that was just cool. Oh yeah, I'm much more impressed when I watch something like, uh, okay, let's say King Kong, the original King Kong, for example. Right. When that was all physically man-made, everything, the big hand and then, you know, the big creature himself, uh, the, the, when he climbs the Empire State Building, they had to make a fake, fake scenery of, of New York and have him going up the side of the mount of the building. Whereas now, people say, well, the new King Kong, it's so wonderful. Well, yeah, but it's all computer generated. So to me, it's not nearly as um, impressive as the actual man-made uh, structures. The same thing with Titanic. The new Titanic is, is, you know, great, great scenes in it. But when you configure that the one that was made in 1957, um, that was, they actually had to build the friggin' ship. Man, did I ever tell you this thing happened? This is a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, man, I mean, again, this is a thing that I guess isn't so surprising, but it really was shocking at the time. Is uh, Titanic was on TV or something, and that always, whenever a movie's on TV, it just gets people on Twitter talking about it, because Twitter is just like tiny yeah, little messages. Yeah, it was on all day yesterday, like, oh, really? like three times over. Well, there were, um, some journalists figured out that, like, if you search Titanic that day to see what people were talking about, there were tons of people born, you know, since the year 2000 that didn't realize it was based on a real story. You know, they were like, what? The Titanic was a real ship? Are you kidding? That really happened? Really? They honestly, they thought it was a movie. They didn't know it was a historical event. And, like, isn't that insane? <laughs> like, yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess like if no one tells you and all you know is that movie, I guess, right? How would you know? And especially when something like yesterday it was, man, it was uh, Valentine's Day, and that was that was why it was on three times, like one right after the other, right. on some channel I forget now. But yet, probably love TBS. Story of all they time. always do that. So I suppose yes, if you know it as the greatest love story of all time, you don't know it as a, a tragic uh, ship sinking, where just because they didn't have enough life jackets and and a bunch of other things too. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I guess. And I guess, you know, that's the guy. He made Terminator, he made Aliens, he made Avatar. Like, why would you think this one's any different? <laughs> it's just some other movie that he made. <laughs> but, and you got the two beautiful people, the two young lovers. Uh, yeah, you think that that's the main story. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, but that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Just like, and again, I mean, it could be one of those things too. Maybe it's not that many people. You know, it's just you can you can probably find any ridiculous opinion on the internet if you look hard enough so it could just be that this journalist found the 10 people in the world that thought that and made it look like a generational trend but it sure seemed like that it seemed like just a bunch of people that had no idea and i suppose that they were born since 2000 see they'd only be 15 years old 14 50 They'd be kind of, yeah, but still. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it happened, when it happened, 1912, though? I mean, it is a long time ago. Because when the movie first starts, you think you'd get the idea that that it really was a, a, the real thing, because they show that little, uh, I forget the name of the little robotic thing that went down under and discovered the ship. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. They have all right. that at the beginning of it. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just for added realism or something. I don't know. But yeah, like, I guess because it, it's true, though, that it didn't start with based on a true story or anything, because why would it need to? We would think that was ridiculous if it started with that. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we know about the Titanic. But some people don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I suppose I should get moseying pretty soon, but I just want to tell you one weird thing that happened while I was here at the mall. is uh, So I just went into Walmart to buy some thermal shirts, and I just wanted to grab like a snack to eat, and I was like, oh, what can I find in here that's healthy? And I found in like the the supermarket section it's just like uh just pre-cooked chicken you know like for you know to put in a salad or something but but it is pre-cooked and ready to eat or whatever but it's in that uh you know like a styrofoam thing with plastic wrap over it like if you buy a steak or like you buy raw meat uh-huh. so i bought this thing and i took it to the food court and it's pretty packed here today because tomorrow's family day in ontario it's a holiday so everyone's at the mall today and I'm eating this thing, just you know, opened up the plastic wrap and just started eating it. And I noticed, like, a lot of people seem to be looking at me. And I'm usually not, like, paranoid about that, but I was like, something is definitely a lot of people are looking at me right now. This is weird. What's going on? And then I figured out it's because it looks like I'm just eating raw meat. <laughs> you know? It looks like I just bought one of these things and took it to the food court and just started eating it. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. <laughs> they were right to look, because that probably looked pretty weird. But yeah, the reason uh, I am going to be busy tomorrow, it's kind of cool. It's uh, So yeah, is there any, I always ask this, but is there an equivalent holiday in New Brunswick to Family no, Day? No, they've, they've been talking for years about uh, about getting one, but they don't. You know what? And I hope they don't bother. We've got enough. You know, people can't have a little bit of time with their family on the friggin' weekend. I don't think they need another day. Especially, yeah, family day. Like, it always seems like a joke to me. I guess it's just Ontario and uh, and Alberta, I guess. Pretty places have it, actually. Yeah. I, th- I think the majority of the provinces may already have it, but we don't. And it really reminds me of, there was a joke in The Simpsons once where uh, it was some executives trying to come up with a, a new holiday to sell more greeting cards, and the executive is like, you know, call it something like Love Day, but not so lame, and then and they just call it love day and really family day is the closest to love day i've ever heard <laughs> but well, i'm glad you'd mentioned to me that that was on because i i'd forgotten all about family day in ontario yeah and they take it and serious we do so many property closings we get our mortgage money out of there right. out of toronto that means everything's going to be shut down in toronto tomorrow where you don't get anything so thank you for reminding me that when i'm cursing and swearing because i can't <laughs> get in touch with anybody in ontario and i think that they're having a computer shut down it won't be. It will be that they've got family day. It's funny, too. Like, I think because people just have guilt about not spending enough time with their families, like, they take it so serious. Like, everything is closed. There is nothing that stays open except, you know, maybe 7-Eleven or something. It's it's crazy. But, yeah, speaking of that, um, we started doing this thing. And, like, again, like, Joel can't hang out because he has a family. And we're like, you better hang out with your family. It is family day. <laughs> but the rest of us don't have any families. So, uh we did this thing, I don't think I told you about this, but it, it turned out to be super fun. We used to do that podcast, Vinyl Countdown, like when you and Dad were visiting and you guys were on, like where we just hung out yeah. and collabed. Uh-huh. So we stopped doing that, but it kind of, we kind of got it back off the ground, but with this dumb idea where we pick a movie and then we watch that same movie all day. <laughs> like we just watch it like three times in one day. And then we review it after each viewing. And of course, it's really just an excuse to sit around and get drunk. And the nice thing about watching the same movie all day is you don't really have to pay that much attention. So we're really just hanging out talking. But it's been like super fun. Like we watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure three times and we came up with mind-blowing theories that I'm sure no one ever thought of before of like, 
like, oh, this leads into this, and this 1950s retro pastiche means this, and uh, blah, blah, and his parents must have set up this weird house for him, and he's like this ward of the state man-child that everyone in the neighborhood <laughs> kind of looks after. All these awesome theories, and it's like, it's super fun. <laughs> I think we've, like, discovered a new way to review movies. So that's, what we're, okay. so that's what we're doing tomorrow. So, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's an all-day process. we gotta, <laughs> we got to watch these movies over and over and over. Well, I thought they were a little crazy when they were playing Titanic three times yesterday in a row, one after the other. But I guess yeah. they're on the same wavelength as you guys. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. I did kind of scoff at that, but I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> so. And you know what? Really, if, if it's a really good movie, now I couldn't see me watching Pee-wee three, three times yeah. over. And the other one we but watched. But if it's a really good movie, for sure, every, every time you watch it, you'd be looking for something different. Like maybe initially you're looking at the story itself and the characters, and maybe the next time you're looking at the background... I think though that's the trick Aging though. Aging and all that, and then the third time, I don't know what you're looking at at that point in time. But I think that's the, the thing is we're kind of deliberately picking bad movies. Not bad. I mean, Pee Wee's Big Adventure isn't a bad movie, but we watched uh, Tom Green's movie, which is kind of a bad movie. <laughs> but but it's nice because there's so little pressure. If you're watching a movie that's dumb, and then you can just like, well, let's try to make up a theory about how this isn't so dumb, <laughs> and like that's part well, of the and fun. Well, you can sit and talk if you're drinking. You can talk your way through the movie too. It's not like when you're watching a movie for the first time and it's a really good one you say, shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. Yeah, it's cool. The re- you, when, by the time you're third time in, you could be yakking your whole life away and still viewing it. Well, it's so weird too where I love the idea of like that I mean, like when podcasting started, because of course we do these, we review the movies and put it out as a podcast, and when podcasting started, it was really just trying to emulate radio, and I love that it's gotten into its own weird place now, where it's like, just try stuff, like, I don't know, I'm talking to my mom every week, I was even thinking, I don't know, maybe I might try to, uh, since I'm doing this with you anyway, and I'm already going to be at a payphone, maybe I'll like call Chris Harding once in a while, and just blab to him about pop culture or something, but... uh the kind of the way we had this idea to watch the movie three times is because these two guys from New Zealand started a podcast where they watch the same movie every week for a year, and they they, they they picked like this bad Adam Sandler movie, and and yeah they hate it every week. It's just like a half hour podcast of them talking about this new way that they hate it, but it's become so popular that their year is almost up, and they raised like six thousand dollars to fly to L.A. to have a big screening for their fifty second viewing and like it's made them like celebrities like they're already comedians in New Zealand but who knows any like New Zealand you know whatever but they're kind of like internet famous around the world now because of this like the worst it's called the worst idea of all time that's the name of the podcast <laughs> but yeah like it, it worked like how insane is that and they probably had all kinds of people viewing that Adam Sandler movie who wouldn't normally yeah. even bother. I watched it, and I actually kind of liked it because <laughs> I had heard, you know, 20 episodes of them complaining about it. They always end the podcast by saying, don't watch the movie. <laughs> like, they're like, we do not <laughs> we do not endorse this, <laughs> this movie. But because of that, like, and I knew, I knew all the characters and stuff from them complaining about it every week. So I had a great time. I only watched it once, but... But yeah, I love that. Like, just have an idea and just do it, because, like, who knows? Maybe it won't work, and maybe you'll get to go to L.A. for free. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's the world we're in now. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Up is down. <laughs> this is, like, ridiculous. But anyway, I suppose I should get to Mosey, and actually, I think this mall is shutting down soon, because it's Sunday hours. All right, well, enjoy your family day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, my, yeah, my pseudo-family, my podcast family. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll talk to you on uh, next Monday.
Whatever day that is. What is this, like episode If you do call four? again on Sunday, just remember that, yeah, between that five and six, I'm, I'm going to catch the rest of that jewel in the crown. Right. Um, 15, 16, 23rd. Yep, no, nothing on my appointment list for that day. So, yeah, next, so next Monday should be fine. Okay. All right, so I'll talk to you then. Okay, great to hear from you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye.